1: If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Let's go! This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi UFay, on
3: VCN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside to the VEASAN Studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM, Femi Abbefe, alongside Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey on this wonderful Monday morning. MLB All Star Week, but we're talking a little association. Michael, how are we doing today?
3: We're great, Femi. Got All Star Week, got Home Run mm-hmm. Derby. I'm sure you're going to be plugged into that, right? <laughs> You got that going? You got the Wemby event last night. Is he shutting it down? Was that one game enough? I mean, God forbid, if he played two, you know, that would be terrible, right?
4: (laughs) I mean, he says it's out of his control is what he's saying. Of course it is. It's yeah, it's it's tough. Well, he's got to
3: get ready for the Artie Bucco tournament that's going to happen in November for the (laughs) NBA. You know, two for one special there. You know, we can get them to play, you know, so people will watch this in November.
4: Yeah, well, Wemby—he's from France, so he's familiar with these in-season tournaments and all that stuff. So maybe he'd be a, a, a candidate for NBA Cup MVP, perhaps. Uh, Wembyama really well uh, played well last night, I should say. But before we get into Wembinyama and last night's game here, let's set the table for what we got going on on the show today at twelve thirty Eastern, nine thirty Pacific. Our buddy Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata, will join us as we talk some NFC West win totals. We did NFC East yesterday. I'm curious to get Thomas's thoughts on the NFC West, in particular the San Francisco 49ers, who the betting market apparently wants to fade this offseason. I disagree. We'll get TG's thoughts here coming up in 30 minutes. And then at 1.30 Eastern, 10.30 Pacific, it's a Mike Pritchard Monday. Our buddy Pritch, former NFL player, played nearly a decade in the league, national champion for the Colorado Buffs in the early 90s, and VEASAN NFL analysts will join us to talk all things NFL. As we're 15 days away, Michael, from training camp's kicking off all 32 teams fresh cut grass the sun will be out optimism at an all-time high and then two weeks later people start to realize oh our roster might not be as good as it is yep.
3: yeah <laughs> so that's reality reality is august right so yeah. we go from you know we have the buzz light year season in may to reality in august we'll see how that works out Yep.
4: hopefully we can avoid major injuries in training camp but uh uh, unfortunately, injuries, it's part of the game, so we'll kind of be holding our breaths as we get into training camp. Oh, by the way, the VEASAN NFL betting guide is out too, so if you want to yep. go ahead and uh, get ready so for it. It's outstanding. I was reading it actually on my flight back. Um, from Minnesota I was on taking a little bit of vacation last week so I was picking out the nuggets and seeing who people liked in the division to win the Super Bowl and all that stuff I was reading some of the award stuff the MVP stuff I know Zach Cohen uh, he wrote some stuff on MVP so uh, it was a lot of cool stuff that we have in that guide once again check it out vson.com subscribe if you haven't done so already you're behind the eight ball go ahead and do that before things really start to ramp up coming up later on this month and into the month of August but let's talk some NBA here Michael because last night we saw the redemption. For Victor mm-hmm. Wembanyama, the number one overall pick for the San Antonio Spurs, after a lackluster performance Friday, which is probably unfair uh, to even put it that way, but everybody yeah, was kind of kind of dumping yeah, me, on the nice. kid. But I mean, <laughs> I'm, you're I'm so a nice, nice. I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. You know, it's. I like, mean, I was like, yeah. I, I was tweeting about Wemby last night. I don't know. I didn't know if you were active on Twitter, or watching it live with no. the rest of us here. Maybe you were on Threads. But Wembanyama had 27 points, 12 rebounds. And then you had three blocks as well, only three turnovers. So Wemby Yama, uh, outstanding Summer League performance yesterday, although the Spurs lost to the Blazers 85 80. But that doesn't matter. How about Wemby? Well,
3: I mean, look, the guy is. Uh... I mean, he's under the microscope. There's no question. He's got an incredibly soft touch. His shooting range mm-hmm. is unlimited. He does things that a seven foot five guy typically doesn't do. But let's give him some time to get his body up. I mean, you know, the guy sticks his arm up and he and he can dunk it. You know, his rebounding, all those things. I think he's going to be a huge factor defensively. Oh yeah. You know, especially if he plays off off of the of the if he plays against say say he play in Philadelphia and. You know, he doesn't really have to guard P.J. Tucker over in the corner. He he could be a disruptive force in there in terms of his length because he's like Inspector Gadget. He can get anywhere with those arms. So, I mean, it's good. I, I think, to me, the NFL, the NBA is so obsessed with trying to create star power mm-hmm. that, you know, we're getting a little ahead of our skis on some of these players. But, you know, it's going to be fun to watch him if, in fact, he does play. You know, it's going to be fun. Or is he going to pull a Chet Holmgren and not play this year and come back next year? I don't know. But for me, uh, I thought it was a, it was good to start off. But like I said earlier, it's just a challenge, just a real challenge to get all the stuff, uh, you know, to, to live up to the
4: expectation. Yeah, and the expectations are pretty astronomical and wild for the expectations. I mean, we just have the odds board up courtesy of BetMGM for Rookie of the Year, he's already the odds-on favorite. The guy's never yeah. played an actual NBA regular season game. He's minus 200 to win Rookie of the Year, which is just incredible. You don't see that. Usually guys like the favorites around plus 200 or plus 250 or something like that. He's already minus 200 to be the Rookie of the Year. Scoot Henderson plus 350.
3: But there's value in Chet Holmgren here. You know, yeah. I, I would not overlook Chet Holmgren. I think that Oklahoma's team's going to be good. I didn't see the 18 pounds, Chet Holmgren, or 15 pounds he's gained. I can't find it. But, I mean, he's got a little bit of a game. He doesn't handle the ball like Wemby does, but he's got – Showed range in a little bit that he's played. Can mm-hmm. he stay healthy? I mean, the physicality of this is going to be interesting, right? I yeah. mean, can Wemby play back to back and and absorb all the physicality that goes within an NBA game? That I think is going to be interesting to see. There's no physicality in the in the summer league because there's no one playing defense. It's kind of an AAU league type game.
4: Yeah, and I thought it was awesome to see Wemby actually be more involved and more comfortable in the offense. And at times at late in the game, I was kind of shouting at my TV. I'm like, get the fricking ball to Wemby because, and I get it. Summer league. A lot of these guards are, it's like, Hey, this might be their last chance that they actually can put tape out there. for for Yeah. Yeah. Like like guys, guys are trying to secure the team.
3: The concept of team doesn't really (laughs) resonate in the summer league. I mean, guys are trying to make their careers. Guys have been on three or four teams. They're trying to show people they've got skill and the way you
4: show people you have skill is put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, and and that's what we saw. We saw some chucking from uh, both sides, the guards on the Spurs and the Blazers last night. But Wemby's still able to score a game high twenty seven point, or rather team high twenty seven points, twelve boards to go along with the three blocks. And I thought the point that you brought up defensively about Nyam, I think, is really key because I think offensively it's going to take time. And I think the really smart people who are watching his tape over in the French league could see that. They said, hey this is not going to be like the greatest show ever immediately yep. maybe it becomes that but it's probably going to take a little bit of time defensively what he's able to do and contest on those perimeter shots there because his length is just out of control an eight foot wingspan he can block a lot of three pointers and then as a help side defender you could see those blazers guys and granted this is summer league so we can't read too much into this but i think just from a physics standpoint. Guys were just scared to go into the paint because they think, hey, if I put something up, he's going to punch it into the road C or something like that. Like, I think his presence as a rim protector is really going to be something that we see immediately once we actually start playing this fall and winter.
3: Yeah, I think there's no question that length is disruptive. And so when you're long and, and you don't really have to guard a specific man, it becomes a real issue. And... I think that's going to really create a lot of problems. And, again, can he handle the physicality of it all? I think that's going to be truly the challenge of what he's got to be able to do is can he kind of do it night in and take the absorbed hits that he's going
4: to take? So Wemby went over all of his props yesterday. We talked about them uh, yesterday during the show, and I think he was around plus 400 or so to score 25-plus points. He ends up with 27 points. So shout-out to Wemby Nyama with the scoring Their next game, San Antonio, their next summer league game is tomorrow night, 730 against the Washington Wizards. Do you think we'll see Wembenyama play in that game?
3: I would hope so. I mean, you know, one of the things I think we we need is players to keep playing, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's part of what that's why you have a summer league is so your guys get used to playing and start getting them in some kind of condition. So. Yeah, I, I mean, we know Scoot Henderson got hurt; he didn't play, but I, I would hope to think that he would continue to play. I mean, what are we saving him for? I mean, does he
4: really need load management this early? No, I mean he's nineteen years old. You wouldn't think he'd need load management. Yeah, he's kind of a teenager. <laughs> I mean, you know that if, you, you know
3: people are going to pay a ticket to go see Wemby on Tuesday. What Monday, on Tuesday night? You know, and if he doesn't play once again, there you go. You're mad at the NBA. That's why we have the two for one specials, the Artie Bucco tournament in November.
4: You're going to love that. But you're going to be dialed in. I can't wait
3: for the NBA. No, cup. Not, November, you think I'm watching the NBA in November? You're crazy. There's no chance.
4: I know you got multiple no screens ch- on a you Thursday got, got night.
3: I don't care if I don't care if Houston's playing Arizona. I'm watching the NFL. <laughs> I'm watching the NFL.
4: Get those multiple screens rolling around. You get Thursday night on yeah. one side. You get you get Allen and, and, and Kirk on, on one screen. Then you get. Your... I mean, look, they don't care about the game in November, December.
3: Why should I?
4: a fair question to ask (laughs) it's a very fair question and that's my thought process as well but the multiple screens i might be having on mute or something like that but the nfl will be dominating my uh, i have most
3: everything on mute i mean and now the nba stuff. i mean without van gundy i'm definitely on mute you know
4: without that i mean come on yeah no i think the point that you brought up about the players playing And we've seen that with these second-year guys, and we talked a little bit about this earlier, but, I mean, Jabari Smith last night for the Rockets, and he's going to his second year. His rookie season, it didn't go as planned. You know, third overall pick out of Auburn. Everybody expected a lot from him. People thought he was going to go number one until the morning of the draft when it ended up being Paulo Bancaro. But last night, 38 points in that Rockets game, he had the jump shot really working there. And he was asked, he's like, hey, are you going to play more? He's like, he's like, I would love to, but it's not up to me. That's the, that's the kind of cop-out I'm an answer. It's like, it's not up to me. I, I can't control it. But I thought it was cool to see these guys start to show that growth and maturity. And, and he was really the headliner yesterday outside of Wembenyama with what he was able to do.
3: I mean, he wanted to play. I think that's, yeah. an, that's really a, a, an endorsement. It's just like, you know, some of these guys, they want to get better. You know that's what made Maxi so good. He wanted to play. He wants to get better. They want to improve their craft. I I, I love that
4: about Jabari Smith. I mean, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he's he's gonna be a really good one. Uh, I think like once he starts to kind of figure things out, maybe he's not the lead dog that you would expect to get from a top three pick or so. But I think he can be at least a, a solid player for a championship team. And the kid's got a pretty good jump shot. I mean, the dribbling yeah, it's it's a still a work in progress, but the jump shot is definitely there. And we saw it on display yesterday. Also. Asar the Asar Thompson, I think that's how you say his name, Asar, not Amen. Asar Thompson, the other twin that's actually healthy for Detroit. He looked good. He looked good defensively. Yeah. He looked terrific, and then he's a really good passer as well. Those Thompson twins, I think they can. Uh, we didn't really see them because they were playing in that overtime elite stuff, but. Man, those kids can go. Those kids out yep. of Oakland, they're, they're really good players. So the NBA, maybe this ends up being a really good draft class. Scoots Henderson has played well. Victor Wembayama's playing well. We get the Thompson twins playing well. Maybe there's a lot of optimism for the NBA this season. All right, on the other side, BS or no BS, we go to the gridiron here on the Lombardi line.
3: This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbebefei, on vSAN, the sports betting network.
4: It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted out specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This is the Lombardi Line on a Monday. Femi and Faye alongside Michael Lombardi here. We're presented by BetMGM hanging out. I'm in Las Vegas, Michael, in the great state of New Jersey. Coming up on the other side, we will go to the great state of New Jersey. Our buddy Thomas Gable, racing and sportsbook director at the Borgata, will join us from Atlantic City as we talk some NFC West win totals. But let's get to the gridiron here, Michael, as we discuss BS or no BS with some comments that have been made from players around the National Football League. And we will start with... DeAndre Hopkins, who is in the news as of recent here. Mike Reese of ESPN reporting that the New England Patriots and the Tennessee Titans have offers out to DeAndre Hopkins. The Titans one appears to be, quote, a little bit more aggressive than the one from New England, and Hopkins right now is waiting for a third team to kind of enter the conversation to perhaps drive up some of the value. But here's what Hopkins recently said here about how he feels now that he is north of 30. Quote, I'll retire from football when I'm not a 1,000 yard receiver. With that said, I was on pace for 1,400 yards last year, one significant injury in 11 years. I might be playing till I'm 37, With the way I feel, BS or no BS?
3: Well, I think that's no BS on his part. I don't think it's realistic on his skill level part. But I will say this about Hopkins. He has incredible eye-hand coordination. He has incredible balance. He can push off, and he's never won with his speed, even coming out of college. I mean, when the Houston Texans took him in the first round, there were a lot of people that questioned his ability to get open, not his ability to catch or be a good player. It was just like, are you going to use that asset on someone who can't take the top off the defense? So, you know, I think there's no question he can continue. You know, at his age, he's going to have to adjust how he plays but because he doesn't have to rely on great speed or quickness, he may be able to play a little longer than most. It's going to be interesting, though, Femi, is he keeps waiting for another team to step in. Mm. I assume one will, but no team stepping in to pay. There's mm. interest, but money and interest don't always go hand in hand. Well, where do you think the money is at right now? Is it t- I think s- Tennessee has the best offer. Okay. I think Tennessee has the best offer by far, and I'm. I think Tennessee will always have the best offer by far because you just have to follow the pat the money. I mean, you know, just follow the money. Tennessee doesn't have a player like him. They brought him in. They would like to have him. Mike Vrabel knows him from his Houston days. Mm-hmm. He knows he needs a receiver. He needs a first down converter. It would help Ryan Tannehill. It would help Derrick Henry. You know, it would help a lot of their things of their team because they can't count on Traylon Burks to to win as a young player, so I think it makes the most
4: sense there. Is the money from Tennessee, do you think it's significantly less than what Odell Beckham Jr. got from the Ravens? Of
3: course it is, or else he would have signed. Mm. Of course it is. He would have signed. If he gets gets a deal that's significantly higher than any place in the market, he's going to
4: sign. But right now, he doesn't have that. Yeah, well, that's why he's waiting for said third team to enter the picture but like you mentioned the third team might just be as low as tennessee and new england so at that point hopkins is gonna have to make a decision because i mean time's starting to run out training camp's only 15 days away you got to get into a building and start getting ready for the regular season which is only 59 days away Uh, the next one also a wide receiver but this is from Josh Allen talking about his wide receiver one, Stefan Diggs, recently on the Bussin' with the Boys podcast. Hey, our buddy Stephen Bonds actually with the Bussin' with the Boys podcast now. I don't know if you saw that news there, Michael. But here's from Josh Allen. Quote, the media has blown this so far out of proportion. We are in rookie or minicamp. We're not playing a game for four months. He doesn't show up for one day. It wasn't anything major. And the media blew it up. They're still talking about it. Let it go. There's no reason to continue talking about it. B.S. No B.S that that's no BS. He's right. Just leave it alone. I mean, when he,
3: you know, when he has a meltdown or they lose a game and he's upset, then we can revisit it. But to me, this is a no story, especially, especially considering that it was in May or June. I mean, it, th- this is over with we're just at those dark days of the NFL with nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. But to me, there's really nothing to talk about here at all.
4: Well, given Diggs's history and the way the season ended, don't you think there's something kind of to talk about? Because he was doing this at the end of the game against Cincinnati in the divisional round. He was visibly upset and it looked like he was yelling at Josh Allen. And then now we see the first time that the team is all together. He misses a day. Sean McDermott says he's concerned, but then walks that back. But then I'm asking, why were you concerned then to begin with? If you now think that this is nothing like there's clearly something going on here to where if Buffalo, doesn't start the season off. Well, this could really boil over.
3: Yeah. Look, if that happens, but I think they have it under control. I mean, okay. they just redid his contract. I really think to me that every receiver is complaining about their role. Let's be honest <laughs> with you. So, I mean, you know, everybody wants the ball more, they want more catches.
4: I guess it's the question is is if a receiver doesn't complain are they a competitor? <laughs> like that's maybe Exactly. The, that's the question exactly. that we should be asking. Uh, the next quote is from a cornerback and this one I'm really curious to get your thoughts is from Carlton Davis of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This was on the golongtd.com did this with Tyler Dunn over there and talking about how they could prove the doubters wrong in 2023. Quote, "Anybody who feels we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening." A rude awakening. Tom was a great addition for us, but obviously it's a team sport. Obviously you need components to be successful. We still have those components and I'm only getting better. And our effing division is worse than it was before. So we run through the division, get to the playoffs, run through the playoffs and it's the super bowl. Easy as that. (laughs) No BS or is it BS? Oh, that's
3: BS. I mean, come on. Did he watch Baker Mayfield this summer or did he watch him? Come on. (laughs) I mean, come on. We know, I mean, Matt Rule's sitting in Lincoln, Nebraska because Baker Mayfield couldn't throw it out. I mean, Baker Mayfield struggled last year. Now, Mm -hmm. that being said about Baker Mayfield, when you compare his numbers to Matthew Stafford, they were pretty similar. Mm They both averaged right around six yards per attempt. They struggled to make explosive plays. You know, he had the one quarter against the Raiders in, in in the fourth quarter of that game, or else, you know, I mean, his season was a disaster. So for me, you know, I don't know how the Bucks are going to be able to manifest themselves into a playoff contender behind it without the quarterback really being handled.
4: I'm not putting on the wig for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I will play devil's advocate here for you, Michael Lombardi. The roster still has some pretty good veterans attached to it. Mike Evans is there. Yeah. Godwin now is two years removed from the ACL. I mean, the offensive line, it's not as good as it was a couple years ago and definitely when they won the Super Bowl. But, I mean, Tristan Wirfs is a good player. You know, you get Ryan Jensen now finally back healthy. Defensively, Vita Vea, Joe Tryon, uh, you know, they drafted the kid, Kalijah Cansey, Devin White, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, maybe he can get back healthy after the injury last year. And they still have their corners. It's not a terrible roster, but the quarterback is what you kind of have the question about. Well, they were
3: 32nd in every rushing category you could think of last year. 32nd. Mm-hmm. They couldn't run the ball anywhere. They couldn't block anybody up front. Brady had to get rid of the football. He didn't take sacks, but he had to get rid of the football. Yep. So you're going to come back with a no quarterback and no run game. I mean, unless they can improve that run game through their offensive line. Can they? I don't know. I think mm-hmm. that's going
4: to be a real challenge. I kind of like them week one against Minnesota. Just an early little appetizer there. I kind of like them getting a touchdown against Minnesota. I love it.
3: You know, I mean, go for it, Femi. I mean, you know, you're back off vacation. You're feeling good Dude, about I'm it. Know, I'm ready to fire. I'm ready
4: to fire. <laughs> you ready to fire
3: on your week one predictions. You like that? Minnesota? I mean, look. I, I mean, week one is not the week to evaluate who's the better team. Yeah. Week one's about who's prepared. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, last year, week one, we saw Cincinnati lose at home to Pittsburgh because they turned the ball over. Five week times. one, we saw Indianapolis get Beat two years ago, killed everybody. Survivor down in Jacksonville, you know. So week one is about who's prepared and how things are going. It's not a, it's not an outlook on the true season yeah. on what we can expect.
4: Yeah, no, I don't like Tampa as a team, but week one, I think just maybe a couple too many points there. Laying it with Minnesota. All right, so if you
3: give them week one, you got to bet they're over.
4: You got to bet they're no. over. Well, I, don't, I don't, think they're going to win. I think they can hang within the number, and they're getting seven. You know, just just a thought. Food for thought. Stash it away for September. Uh, The final quote here from Lions. I'm going to that down. I'm going to put it on my board over here. (laughs) I got a bunch of quotes on my board. I'm going to put it on my board. Buccaneers plus seven, no matter what. No matter matter what. Lions cornerback Jerry Jacobs. This is what he had to say about Jared Goff and ranking him in the top five of NFC quarterbacks. Quote, he's really top five in the NFC. If you want to be honest, if you pull the stat stuff and all that, I'm going to be honest. I played against a lot of quarterbacks, but Jared Goff's up there. Everybody's sleeping on my dog bs or no bs
3: i don't think that's any bs i think he is i i mean look at the quarterback that this is what we're talking about there's not a lot of great great players in the nfc quarterbacking ranks and i think the season he had the ability to protect the football last year was pretty good
4: yeah i mean you're probably going jalen hurts one two maybe prescott around there then three you start running out of names goff is in that mix you know i mean you have geno smith in that mix justin fields is in that mix <laughs> we're going to break here Thomas cable racist sportsbook director on the other side this is the lombardi line presented by BetMGM.
5: this is the lombardi
1: line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host Timmy up
3: on vsn the sports betting network
4: It's always football season here at VEASAN, which is why we've already released our NFL betting guide. Our NFL betting guide will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in-depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends. Plus. Best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your digital copy of the VEASAN NFL Betting Guide. Or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $175. It's an outstanding deal. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Point nineteen dollars is on the low, low, man. You can't even get a high noons for nineteen bucks, man. You, just, you, <laughs> you gotta get an NFL betting guide, man. Just put down the high noons for one weekend, and you get the betting guide, and you're ready to go for the fall. But this is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM, Femi Babfa, Michael Lombardi, and joining us right now here in this spot is our buddy Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata. TG, hope all is well here on this Monday morning. It is the MLB All Star Week, which means tonight. In my home, the Pacific Northwest in Seattle, is the Home Run Derby. And right now I'm seeing the favorite, Pete Alonzo, who's won this thing a couple times. He's plus 310 over at DraftKings. But uh, how are the bettors kind of betting this thing, which is always a fun event this time of year as we're all looking for something to watch and something to sweat?
5: Yeah, it's a a nice event. It's, uh, you know, the four major sports, I think. Uh, major league baseball's all-star game is certainly uh, the most fun to watch. I I can't watch the NBA all-star game anymore and forget about the pro bowl. So this one I can at least watch and, uh, and the home run derbies, it's, it's nice too, because there's no, there's no judging involved. It's uh, an actual competition. So, uh, you know, we we put up odds on uh, the individual matchups for, for round one, those are out and uh, as well as the overall winner and, you said Pete Alonso's won two out of the last three years. So uh, he is the favorite and uh, I'm waiting to see, you know, Alonzo is going to be a very popular pick, not only because of uh, the fact that he's a past winner and has had success in this event, but for us, just because the fact that he's a New York Met, uh, he's he's going to be a popular pick here, at least at Borgata. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how it comes in right now. Certainly Alonzo is taking the, uh, the the majority of the tickets in the handle right now.
3: How about Julio Rodriguez, the hometown hero for Seattle? And we know the weather isn't going to be a factor. It's going to be 70 degrees, uh, maybe a little mist in the air. I don't know if the ball will carry because of the mist, but Julio Rodriguez, I mean, playing at this home ballpark, you got to think that he might be a sneaky guy to, to, to place a bet
5: on. You know, Michael, I actually, that that's I would not mind taking him against Alonzo in round one. Mm. Uh, And, you know, I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Alonzo. And there's definitely something to be said for the home ballpark as well. I mean, you've seen guys come through in the past in this contest uh, at their own park. I remember Bryce Harper a couple years ago. Uh, So, you know, there is something to be said about that.
4: Yeah, right now, Julio Rodriguez is plus 130 in that first round matchup against Pete Alonzo. Alonzo is minus 160. Over at DraftKings. So uh, I'm kind of feeling Luis Robert of the Chicago White Sox here. He's around that five to one plus Mm -hmm. 550 range or so. He's the one seed, but he's not the chalk in terms of the betting odds there. So maybe Luis Robert can get this thing done. We'll see what happens later on tonight. The home run derby over at T-Mobile Park in Seattle. Uh, TG, let's get to the NFL here because we want to talk some NFC West win totals. and, And a surprise to both Michael and I the San Francisco 49ers under has been bet heavily despite having a really good head coach and a really good roster. Are you guys seeing that as well at the Borgata? Are people just hammering that Niners under, which now the win total sets at 10 and a
5: half? So, yeah, I mean, the win total is 10 and a half there for the Niners. And, I, I mean, on the surface, when you look at this division, you have two teams in San Francisco and Seattle who have realistic chances to win it. San Francisco is the favorite and also one of the favorites to win the NFC and Seattle has certainly uh, been given a puncher's chance. Now, we saw sharp money come in on Seattle in the division future market early on, and now their prices dropped 2-1. to one. So I would say all the value has been picked clean on the Seahawks in that market, but this division gets more interesting when you look at the season win totals, uh, which is what we're obviously going into here today. So let's start with the Niners there, sitting at 10.5, juice to the over. And, Fannie, to your point, uh, at least here, interestingly enough, I, I've recently seen some respected money come in on the under at that nice plus price, which comes down to, I think the, is the plus money worth it with the uncertainty, a quarterback, uh, Brock Purdy's coming off the injury. They went out and got the Sam Darnold, and of course, Trey Lance, everyone's favorite MVP candidate from the past. <laughs> They're all sitting in the quarterback room. Uh, and you don't want to say Anyone can play quarterback for the Niners and they can still win, but Kyle Shanahan has the ability to coach this team to a division title with any of those three, I think. Uh, they do have a tougher schedule overall with games against the NFC East and traveling to Philly December 3rd, but they do have Baltimore and Cincy at home, and this defense is going to be just as good as last year when they were a top five defense in the league. So, you know, I think at least here, the casual better. Is taking the over the ten and a half, but I've seen um, I've seen some more respected money come in on the under, uh, getting that plus price, and I think it's really just due to the uncertainty of uh, who's going to be starting.
3: Yeah, I, TG, I think to me. You know, with Kyle's ability to create the offense and his ability to have success against McVay and, you know, understanding what Pete Carroll does Seattle-wise, I think there's no doubt that, you know, this tenant, I'm surprised it's come down. But one thing about San Francisco, you're always worried about your injury. And I'm not surprised Seattle's getting a lot of love because I think Seattle, you know, I would put a little pizza money on Seattle to be one of those teams that could potentially upset the 49ers, even though they play them twice, they're in their division. I think that's a rivalry that's going to get stronger this year.
5: Yeah, so the Seahawks are sitting at eight and a half uh, for their season win total. Also, again, juiced to the over. Um, so the play has basically uh, been all on the over here. Uh, Geno Smith has tremendous receivers to throw to. Kenneth Walker the third, will look to build on his successful rookie campaign. And the defense, which was what held Seattle back last year when they went nine and eight, should be improved with the additions of Bobby Wagner, and Devin Witherspoon. So I'm not surprised to see people being optimistic about the Seahawks. Then, uh, when you take a look then at the the Rams, uh, with Matthew Stafford returning, their season win totals set at six and a half, and you know they're going to look to improve on their five and twelve record last season, which was marred by injuries. Now, some places opened up the Rams' total at 7.5. We we had them at 6.5 here, and we've been writing decent two-way action on the win total. Uh, This is a team that I have so many questions about defensively, in the running game, the offensive line. But, Michael, do you lean over or under for L.A. this season at 6.5?
3: I go under because I think eventually Stafford won't be able to uh, play. I think the injuries are still going to mount for him. I think the offensive line is in question. You know, they get no bloom back at left tackle. They have Haverstein at right tackle. But last year that they struggled even when they were healthy in the offensive line. And I know they drafted guys. But to me, this is going to be a real challenge. You know, where is the ball? Cooper Cup's going to get doubled. And they're going to have a hard time making plays in the passing game. And then we haven't talked about defense. Because once you mention Aaron Donald... After that, their corner situation is not very good. And who else is going to rush the passer? This will be a real challenge for Ian Morris. I really believe that. So I'm on the under on the Rams.
5: Okay, yeah. And then, of course, that takes us to uh, the team where uh, nobody's really giving them uh, any respect. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals sitting at 4.5 for their season win total. And, uh, again, when you look at their schedule Uh, This is a team that probably will not be favored in in any game uh, this year, at least on look-ahead lines at this point. Um, So you say to yourself, where can they eke out five wins? Uh, I'd certainly lean towards the under uh, on the season win total for Arizona, and that's where betters have been doing as well. That's certainly one of the most popular season win bets that uh, we've seen so far has been the under for the Arizona Cardinals.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not looking like a good season here for Arizona TG. We got about 30 seconds left of those win totals. Which one do you like the most?
5: Uh, I like Seattle over. Honestly, okay. I, I like Seattle over.
4: All right. Seattle, yeah, I do too. TG. Yeah. I'm with you on
3: that. I like Seattle over. I'm warming up to Seattle more and more. I think they will be better defensively. They were not good last year. And, look, we all talk about Seattle as if they have a great home field advantage. It didn't manifest itself last year. It better this year.
4: Yeah. They lost to the Atlanta Falcons at home. They lost to the Carolina Panthers at home. The Raiders. The Raiders at home as well. So, yeah, if they can go ahead and protect home turf, and then they can do what they did on the road, maybe this is a team that can challenge the 49ers. But I will point out, of the 20 experts in the VEASAN Pro Football Betting Guide, 15 like the Niners to win the division. So do with that information what you will. Thank you, TG. He's Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata. TG, we'll talk soon, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a great week. Awesome stuff there from Thomas Gable. On the other side, we go inside the mind of Michael Lombardi. What's on Michael's mind? we do it next here on the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Don't go away.
1: Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast
4: is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. <laughs>
1: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Timmy Abbafe, on vSEN, the sports betting network.
4: Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place the same game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. And if all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly betmgm.com for terms and conditions 21 plus to wager new and existing customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements rewards issued as non-redrawable bonus bets bonus bets expire seven days from issuance u.s promotional offers not available in kansas mississippi dc nevada new york or ontario gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in colorado dc illinois indiana kansas louisiana maryland mississippi new jersey nevada ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia and wyoming Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel, this offer is not valid to Puerto Rico residents. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi and Bebefe hanging out here in Las Vegas. We just had Thomas Gable on in the last segment. Racing Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata. If you missed it, make sure you check that out in podcast form shortly. But as of right now, we wanted to go inside the mind of a former NFL front office executive. It's our one and only Michael Lombardi. So let's go into what's on Michael's mind. What are you thinking about, Michael, today here on this Monday? Yeah. You know, I'm really
3: excited about this Netflix documentary mm. where they're going to go and take a look at what Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota uh, did. They filmed it last year. Even though Mariota now is a backup in Philadelphia, this is when he was preparing to be the starter in Atlanta. Same thing with Kirk Cousins. So you I think the fans will find this fascinating, and I think the fans will have a better appreciation and understanding of how hard it is to play quarterback in the NFL and why it's very challenging to evaluate quarterbacks for the NFL. So I'm really excited about this. You know, sometimes I think hard knocks is staged and Mm. it, it kind of looks fake to me, whereas this has a chance to be real. And it takes you in the mind and what it takes to prepare. And having almost like three levels, uh, an a, a elite player, mm-hmm. a really good player, and then a guy who's kind of struggling, it gets us a chance to see and watch them and then also understand how they lead the team. Because we don't talk enough about that here, about how the quarterback has to set the tone for the team. Especially what Mahomes will do. I think Cousins doesn't do it well enough in this area. And Mariota has never been that guy. He's always been more of a follower than a leader. So I think it's going to be a great, great portrait into what makes a great
4: player. It certainly has potential. And I'll be honest, when I first saw that, that they were doing this with Netflix, I kind of gave it a little bit of an eye roll because like you mentioned, my mind quickly went to hard knocks of, okay, like what are they actually going to show? Are we going to get anything from this? Or is this going to be kind of a watered down version of what truly goes on behind the scenes? But I watched the trailer a couple days ago and I was like, okay, this this has some potential. This has potential to be really good. I mean, I don't
3: think people understand what happens when the referee places the ball down and starts the 45 second clock or the 42nd clock and the 25 second communication clock starts Mm. and then i don't think people really understand all that goes on at the line of scrimmage Uh, in fact i don't i know they don't understand it because nobody's educating them on that and so when the game begins and the what the work's required of a quarterback which is why the, you know, I'm so hard on Kyler Murray because when he gets to the line, he hasn't been fully prepared because he kind of is one of those players who thinks he has it. Whereas when Brady got to the line, or we're going to see when Mahomes get to the line, what he does in that in that 40 in that quick process is truly amazing. It's truly amazing, and their ability to see things that others can't see. And so I just hope this this gives us closer to understanding how challenging the job is from a mental aspect. We know how hard it is from a physicality. Quarterbacks get hit, they're punished, you know, they do everything in the rule book to help that, but I think this is a mental examination and it's going to be interesting to see how involved the quarterback coaches are for these three teams within the within the within the within the, within the documentary.
4: You know what I'm curious to really see with this is like you mentioned the mental aspect of it, like what are Things like in the classroom in training camp in the QB room. What's going on during the week when they're preparing for the team? The QB coach, the offensive coordinator, or even sometimes the head coach and Andy Reid's aspect of it, like kind of talking with Mahomes, like like what's that conversation like? And they're not gonna obviously give us like the absolute ins and outs. Like they're not gonna wanna reveal anything from a competitive advantage standpoint, but just like what are those conversations like? Cause that's what we never get to see. Because Hard Knocks right. doesn't show us that. And, like, we have the NFL films, the sound, the, the mic'd up stuff on the field. So we kind of have an idea of that. But, like, we don't really know what Mahomes is like in the QB room on a Thursday when they're going in or on Friday when they're installing red zone stuff or whatever. Like, like what is that? Like, I, th- I think that can be really cool to see. And not just Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and even Marcus Mariota. Because Mariota, like, he's at that stage where he's, like, struggling to stay into the league as, like, not, he's probably not going to be a starter anymore, but he's just kind of struggling just to stay in the league What are those mental challenges like for a guy that was once the second overall pick and is now a backup here in Philadelphia? Well,
3: I think to me, what we're going to find out is how much time every team spends on pass protections, Mm -hmm. which is something that the commentators spend no time on. Nobody talks about it. They talk about the protection breaking down, but I'm talking about the scheme of the protections. I'm talking about the threats within the defense and how the quarterback has to protect himself and the responsibility that he carries at the line of scrimmage to make sure he is protected and the detail within the protection systems and the communication that's relied upon by the quarterback to let people, let those five offensive linemen know who has this player and who doesn't have that player. And then we're going to get an examination of the matchups. Because this is our game. Every week's a different game. And so, you know, you're Minnesota's playing Green Bay, and you've got to block Preston Smith and Z'Darrius Smith last year. And you got Kenny Clark. Okay, how are we handling that? Who's blocking them? What's the matchups? What protections do we need to use this week? When you look at it from a training camp, training camp is installation of the basic offenses. Mm-hmm. But when you do it during the season, it's game plan offense. And that allows you a deeper portrait into what actually happens.
4: The first episode comes out on Wednesday, so it'll be exciting over on Netflix. Yeah, I'm I, excited for it. Yeah, I got to revamp my Netflix subscription. I haven't had Netflix for about a year now because I just wasn't using it. I was like, all right, I'm not using it. Let's be practical here, and I cut it off. But I'm gonna have to go ahead and fire that thing back up. Unfortunately, uh, they, they finally got me. <laughs> they, they, they got me back. <laughs>
3: well, it's a good show. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix, you know. But yeah. I think this will be interesting to see. And you will tell right away, like I watched the trailer too, which has got me fascinated why it's on my mind, but I hope they do a really good job of letting us look into it.
4: Yeah. No, I think that it, it has potential. If it ends up being watered down, that'll be a disappointment, but it has the potential to be really good. And that's what we're hoping for coming up, starting on Wednesday well while we have some time here we wanted to get into this news about Javante Williams Denver Broncos third year running back last season started the season it was a big part of the offense tore his ACL Mm -hmm. against the Raiders in week four and the questions have been will he be ready for training camp in a couple of weeks well here's what he recently said quote I mean that's the plan I feel like I'm ready to go it's just all about the evaluation how the Broncos feel about it just seeing how I feel, moving, just trying to get my speed back to normal, things like that. So Williams, who appeared at Patrick the second's football camp on Sunday, believes that he could be ready to roll by a training camp. Worst case scenario, it sounds like he should be ready to go by week one of the regular season, but that's a big boost for that Denver offense that's now under the tutelage of Sean Payton.
3: Well, he'll be the Mark Ingram, if you will, in the Denver offense, you know. So he'll give them that little bit of a, a change of pace guy. You know, they have Marlon Mack on their team. You know, they'll they'll be able to move some things. But this was a kid before the injury that I thought was going to be dynamic. You know, he had uh, 47 carries for 204 yards during the season. You know, he wasn't getting the ball quite a bit all the time. They, they were splitting reps with him at, in there. But I just think, remember, they had Melvin Gordon there, too, as well. So I just think, to me, this is if he's healthy. But one thing we do know about running backs, Femi, and I would caution people in fantasy, is to not get ahead of yourselves here. Because it does take these guys a little bit of time to come back off the ACL. They just don't hit the ground running immediately. So I would be cautious in terms of how I was was playing that, what I was doing. But I love the kid's talent. I really do. And I think, to me, Sean Payton will do a good job of using him and then take Sammy Perrine and use him as the Alvin Camaro in the offense.
4: Mm. So to get that, kind of that dual-threat running back situation there in the backfield for Denver, who I, mean, I thought that they were looking to get physical, and that's what they've done throughout this offseason, making those signings on the offensive line that first day of free agency. We'll see if all those offensive line signings can help them be a little bit more physical and if they can just get healthy as well protect Russell Wilson run the football because that's what Sean Payton wants to do he always builds on that old line like we talked about in his days in New Orleans they were able to build that great offense with the offensive line of course the quarterback Drew Brees all right on the other side we're going to begin our number two and this is gonna be a lot of fun to our number two we're going to go inside the office we're talking when Benyama We're talking Damian Lillard. We're talking Pat Fitzgerald and the nonsense that's been going on over in Northwestern. We're going to step into Michael Lombardi's offense to begin our number two of the the GM Shuffle of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM.